Hello and welcome to the Parent Reality Podcast and today we're talking about teaching my autistic child at home. I'm your host, Versta Duplessis from Autist IQ and I'm joined by Johanny Mayring, founder of Parent Reality, who is going to introduce our very special guest. Hi Versta. Yes, today we have a very special guest. Rainette Bligno is our mom of an Aspie son. She's a registered counsellor and the head of Emotional Logic Centre in South Africa. Most of her time is spent at a school, Wonderfully Made Academy, for children with high-functioning autism. The school is two years old and with a focus on understanding and teaching kids with the amazing design of autism. Hello, Rainette. Hi. So, uh, we've got a bunch of questions for you, um, and I think Johanny's going to start off with the first one. Johanny, what would you like to ask Renette? Hi, Vista and Renette. It's so nice to speak to you today, and I just want to welcome you, Renette, especially because I've wanted to do this such a long time, just to talk about autism with you and to share a few ideas, ideas with our listeners. So, my first question for you today is um, we have spoken a lot about the autism design and the different view that you have about autism. Can you just expand on that a bit um, for us and just tell us what is your view of autism um, following you know, your experience living with autism as well? Hi, thank you, Johanny, for this opportunity as well. Um, I'd like to maybe start that question answering with what I believe it is not, if I may. I do not believe that autism is a curse or an illness or something bad because of what somebody else has done in your history or anything like that. I do believe that autism is an amazing, unique brain design. And because their brains are designed and, and put together differently, um, little things like less mirror neurons or areas where they have far more synapses and brain activity taking place, um, these kind of things. If we understand that, we can understand their vulnerabilities, their um, way they process and understand the world that is so different to neurotypical people. So my view of autism is that it is an amazing, unique design. Okay. That's wonderful. Yeah, I I've often um, enjoyed just listening how you speak about autism. Um, I always wanted to know, from a personal point of view, what you would describe as your best and worst times with um, JC while you were homeschooling. Is there anything that you can share with us? Oh, yes, lots. <laughs> um, as, as any autism parent will know, it's quite a journey of ups and downs. I think one of the first highlights was when he was five, in his beautifully autistic direct way, he told us we were late. So I said, late for what? He said, worship. So we all went up the passage where he had put out all the chairs in rows and I thought he was going to play Jesus Loves Me or, or just plonk, plonk on the piano and we'd pretend to sing. And he said, no, no, I'm playing. And he played the most beautiful original music, his own compositions I have ever heard. And that opened a whole world to us. So although he didn't speak well and clearly until about nine, um, I would say to him, Jesse, play me how you're feeling. 
and I could hear exactly through the music how he was feeling, what he was thinking. Mm. Um, but it wasn't all easy from there. I've homeschooled my other two altogether now for 14 years, and um, it didn't work with Jesse. <laughs> it was mm. such a battle because I knew he was intelligent and he was bright and clever, but there was this gap. How mm. did I reach that? He would have meltdowns. I, I couldn't have my early morning coffee because the breath of the smell of coffee was too much for him. I couldn't sit next to him because his, his personal bubble, um, he's a sensory avoider, was so big. I'd sit the other side of the dining room table with the computer to create a bit of screen between us. Mm. Um, so I really battled to find his place in schooling because he didn't seem to get anything. Yeah. And yet I knew he could do it, but I couldn't reach that. And it was only when he was 15, after we tried several different things, and I just saw my son disappearing, disappearing, until he became mm -hmm. suicidal, which, especially as a counselor and a mom, was the worst day of my life when I, I found that out. Um, but we then um, brought him back home, because he was then part of the school I just started for him, <laughs> but we brought him back home and we dropped everything, all schooling, because we realized he is dyslexic and also has uh, language processing, auditory processing uh, problems, so he couldn't understand the language and content when spoken to or read to, and he couldn't read and write it either. So major barriers to reaching him there. And we've only focused on his music and his dance. And mm. since then, he has come alive. And at age 14, been mm. playing in one of our top, top hotels on their grand mm. piano, the Michelangelo. And he is now on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere with his music and just absolutely thriving and flourishing and becoming his own person. So, yeah, Rocky Journey, it's not finished, but those are the highlights. Um, so that's that's really, really interesting. Um, uh, so you're a, you started this school and you've got lots of experience of homeschooling. Um, and obviously we're in this lockdown mode now with lots of parents uh, trying to homeschool their, um, their autistic children um what what advice would you give those parents what in just in terms of the mindset what do you hang on to when when teaching autistic children okay well speaking to moms at home now um i would say number one survive <laughs> and by that i mean look after yourself um be kind to yourself and give yourself to soak in the sun and by that I mean I have this picture of a butterfly. Then when the, the early morning starts, a butterfly will open its wings and just soak in the sun. And the little cells on its wings are actually like little solar um, power thingies, cells. So it needs the sun to, re to strengthen and then it flies off. And I think my first advice to moms would be soak in the sun, whatever that is for you, whether it's a little walk in the garden or an extra bit of coffee, just sitting and thinking or reading or give yourself your me time to recharge um, in whatever form that is and be aware of where you are at. Because if you are empty and frustrated and stressed, our autistic kids are super perceptive. <laughs> you can hide nothing. And then that transfers onto them. So then your battle's lost before you begin. So find your center, find you, look after you. 
Then the next thing I would say, equally important, is relax. In other words, drop the expectations, um, drop the everything the school has sent and the therapists and the hours and hours of this and that and what that needs to be done. And first, focus on connecting. Because if I feel connected with you, I feel heard, I feel like I belong, I feel safe. And once I feel safe, I come out of my what we call the 911 center where everything is heightened. And then a lot of sensory issues come down, a lot of other things, and your prefrontal cortex, the, the front of your brain, where you do your learning and thinking, opens up. So if your child doesn't feel safe first, and safe with you, and that connection kind of needs to happen every day. Um, they're not going to learn and cooperate anyway. So whatever it is that you to connect together, my son and I have breakfast together and hardly talk, but we're just in the same space, mm -hmm. and in that we connect, and then from there the day starts. So whatever it is that helps you connect mm -hmm. with your child, and it may or may not be verbal, um, just spend time doing that. Then the third one on a very practical level is speak slowly. Give simple instructions and allow them time to respond. And by responding, I also don't always mean verbally. Response can be in so many different other ways to communicate as well. But being heard and feeling one is heard is actually a basic human need, almost be before love. We, would, we need to be heard because then we feel we belong and we feel loved. So give children time to respond. Um, especially our autistic students, it's, uh, children, it's like, it's like having a weaker um, internet connection. They, they need time to receive, process, turn it into their own thing and respond. It's also because they battle to filter. So it's like they've got too many apps open. So you need time for them to foreground what they're using to respond. So, yeah, slowly speaking, direct instructions, one word at a time and uh, one instruction at a time. And and to remember, if, if they don't listen for things like, say, now you say, come for dinner, and then they don't listen. They don't listen. Back to that brain, that beautiful brain with all the apps open. They need to close all those apps before they can stop and come to dinner, for example, so or start working on English or whatever it is. Um, they take longer to change programs. So um, give them a warning before you change something. And because they can't filter so easily, they also battle to switch off to an idea, which is also why they need to complete their idea or what they're working on before they can shift. So even though we say, oh, 20 minutes of English or five minutes of 10 minutes of maths, no, they, with them it's more you work until their concentration drops or until they have finished. Don't put a time frame on things. Um, and then visual help when instructing. Use demonstrating pictures as much as possible because their brains are 10 times more visual than a neurotypical. So that's where they receive their information. Um, then lastly, uh, or second last, be aware of your capacity and theirs. The teachers might require and send home and the therapists send home work where it's half an hour of this and an hour of this and a this of that. But if you're aware of what they can manage, that's what you do. Don't push more. Um, and a nice little trick for watching how much they can manage, besides the body language of irritation and not concentrating, watch the ears. 
When their ears turn red, it means they are actually in physiological stress, which can be brought on by pressure to perform or pressure to finish this or whatever. And that takes 10 minutes to, to come out of. And when you are in physiological stress, your thinking brain switches off. So then they don't hear you. And then we get more stressed and then they get more stressed. So if we notice the little cues of stress, stop, rather just stop. And some days they can work for an hour and be brilliant. Another day, five minutes is what you're going to get. So there's no rule for them. And then lastly, which is also most important, I'd say have fun. You know, we can get so focused on the academics and they must this and must that and must do the therapy. But that goes back to the fun. It goes back to connecting. You know, laugh with them. Be silly. The sun will rise in the east tomorrow is a quote from, um, it's a proverb from Chad in Africa. And they use that, and I love it, because even on the bad days, the sun will rise in the east tomorrow with a new day, with new possibilities and new opportunities. And so even on the bad days, finish connected. And a nice way to do that is just to say, phew, this wasn't such a good day, was it? Yeah, it was really difficult. You know, reflect back and acknowledge we had a bad day. And that's okay, because there are lots of them, and it doesn't matter. (laughs) And um, yeah, so <laughs> just to, to recap, number one, look after yourself. Number two, relax yeah. and connect first. Um, speak slowly and give uh, direct directions. Be aware of your capacity mm-hmm. and have fun. That's 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 really good. That's great stuff. Um, you've you've covered so much, um, and as but that's that's such great information. Um, we've got a few audience questions, but I'd like to put to you um, to see if you can help out with some of them. Okay. Um, the first one is how many Zoom calls is necessary a day? Um, for my autistic child, my boy is six and the school schedules three calls of 30 minutes a day, apart from school lessons, OT, speech therapy exercises uh, that I need to do at home. Um, now they're asking to do teletherapy. Is my son being overwhelmed? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, for a six-year-old, um, homeschooling, never more than about an hour, unless he's in the groove and really? you have a good day. Um, but yes. that, that sounds a bit overloaded. The, the problem with Zoom and all these things, it's lovely, but if you battle to filter, translates in you battle to mm-hmm. foreground, and a lot of them do battle. So I'm seeing the screen, I'm seeing the background, I'm seeing the background of the person on the screen, I'm seeing the person, and now those little eyes are so small, I can't foreground them, I can't foreground the mouth so easily. And speech is Mm -hmm. largely understood and learned through visual, watching the mouth more than actually hearing. And on a screen, it's so difficult for them because they already battled to foreground. Now they're foregrounding there. So where they might concentrate for half an hour, in the real world, which is quite long for a six-year-old, now you're probably mm-hmm. having that time, if not less, because the even adults, neurotypical adults, come away from Zoom meetings exhausted because we don't have the nonverbal cues of body language um, and the feel yeah. of the place and the person. It's it's we we limiting our communication, so they battle with that a lot. My son actually can't do Zoom at all. Not at all. It and the light okay. and everything also overwhelms. So if they're really battling, blue light blocker glasses are not expensive and can get 
bought off the rack at most um, spectacle places. But it does help a lot. That's interesting, yes. Yeah. So I would not okay. rely. That actually brings us on to the next question um, pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, do you have a, a scale for online home learning screen time? For example, three hours total for a 13-year-old, uh, two hours for a 12-year-old. Is there any sort of rough guidelines or scales that you can give? Yeah, there, there is. Um, as I say, a five- to seven-year-old, about an hour max, seven to 11 you could probably do two hours and then three hours because homeschooling is more one-on-one and more direct we don't have to wait for everyone to take their books out we don't have to wait for um everyone to line up and to get everyone's attention you actually are doing more intense um work so the time needed is shorter but at the end of the day there are some kids who can spend hours especially if they're happy and they love the subject or whatever and there are other kids that can't do five minutes so even though they do put out scales and stuff I reckon it's more important to find out what works for your child they might also some children might prefer to work in the morning others midday others afternoon that's also a factor to consider um, the natural rhythm. I had my daughter would finish her maths by half past six, and my son would wake. Other son would wake up at nine and work and do his maths at nine o'clock at night. So no, let them find their rhythm. We're not in school; they don't have to work from eight till one. So okay. um, that's also another factor. Yeah. So although there's a scale, listen to what the child can manage. Okay, and I assume um, if we're talking about other types of screen time like phones and games, the same sort of principle would apply? Same principle. Um, On the opposite side, they can get very addicted to games and phones and spend their entire life on them. And just a tip on that one to break that, because if you think about it, on my phone and when I'm playing games, I can control my world. And it's a wonderful feeling Mm. when you live in a sensory environment where you actually cannot control your input. So it provides a safe place of relief where they're in control. But if you feel it's getting out of hand, the best way is to, this is now illogical thinking, but it works, join them. Because once again, our basic human need is connection. So if they are playing, what do people play, Fortnite or um, Minecraft or whatever, Sit and play with them. Have a race with them. Join them. And you'll find they then start connecting and then their need for that is less. So that works. Um, What we did in our family was half an hour screen time means half an hour playing outside or an hour screen time means an hour playing outside. And, yeah, the playing outside is not so – entertaining so then they, they might <laughs> their screen time but that may not work for every family but we found it worked quite well um that's interesting yeah that's a very very good approach i think something yeah. that i might incorporate into our arsenal here at home as well yeah. um so last thing um where can people get in touch with you if they would like to find out more like on social media or Yes, I have a, a Facebook page. I confess not very active. I'm a little bit Gen Xy on it. Um, but I do have a wonderfully made Academy Facebook page. But the best would probably to be to email me. 
um, at renet, R-E-I-N-E-T, dot lino, B-L-I-G-N-A-U-T, at gmail.com. So you can also find that information on the Facebook page. Um, yeah, they're welcome to, to email me and we can take it from there. Fantastic. Well, we'll put all that information in the uh, podcast notes as well if anybody wants to get in touch with Renette. So thank you very much. I think that's it for today. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I hope you found this conversation uh, useful. If you want to get in touch with Johanny, just search Parent Reality on Facebook and Instagram or visit their website. If you'd like to hear from um, myself uh, on Autist IQ. Just search Autist IQ on Facebook. You can always submit a question to uh, podcast at parentreality.co.za if you want your uh, question included in one of our upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until next time, goodbye. <music>